This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Tonight, only on Disney Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Does anyone here know the lyrics? Prove it! Taylor Swift, the Eras Tour. Taylor's version. With four additional acoustic songs. Streaming tonight, only on Disney+. Plus. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Living Well with Janet, where we explore what it means to live well. I'm your host, Janet, a yogi, meditator, plant-forward eater, and all-around wellness enthusiast. I'm also a second-generation Asian-American woman, an experimenter, and a deep thinker. Join me in my conversations and contemplations on the physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, social, and environmental aspects of living well. Welcome to the last episode of Living Well with Janet for the year of 2023. Oh, I am breathing a sigh of relief because we have made it. We've made it to the end of the year, and this is the last episode until 2024. I just wanted to take some time to recognize for any of you who are struggling to make it to the end of the year because this time of year can get really stressful. You know, we've got holiday events and lots of gatherings on top of like wrapping up work projects. It can just be a lot. So if you're listening to this right now and you're struggling to make it to any type of like last milestone of 2023, I am cheering you on. Anyway, that was kind of a tangent, but today's episode is going to be a Q&A. So I went on Instagram and I pulled a couple of questions and I got some great questions that came through. There was a good variety, some that were focused on physical health, some on emotional health, all different types of things, which we'll get into and I'll start sharing. But before I do that, I do want to talk about my current, what kind of like, what is my current wellness practice? My current wellness practice is dark chocolate with fruit and nuts. Now, I'm typically not a sweets person, but I'm currently on day two of my period. And last night, I had a strong craving for something sweet. And so I got a chocolate bar with fruit and nuts. (laughs) And I ate like three pieces. Probably not a good idea to have that before bed because dark chocolate, I think, has a good amount of caffeine in it. But whatever. I had a craving, satisfied it, loved it. It was great. So that is my current wellness practice is dark chocolate with fruit and nuts. I'm curious, what kind of chocolate do you like? And uh, are you indulging in your cravings? Because you should. Let's dive into the main content of this episode, which are the questions and my answers. First question, how do you get back on track when you fall off of a healthy habit, like meditating, for example? This is a great question because I am currently kind of like trying to ramp back up on some healthy habits like yoga and meditation. When it comes to a healthy habit, it means that you are, it's something you're already used to doing pretty frequently. And maybe you just had like 
a crazy period where work got insane or I don't know, like family came to visit, whatever it was that disrupted it. And you're just trying to get back into something that you already have a habit of doing. I have found that the easiest way for me to do that is to start just doing a little bit at a time and letting it snowball. If you're going to try to create a brand new habit, doing like a really hard regimented plan makes sense. But if it's something that you already you've already done before, I feel like your body just kind of already knows and recognizes some of it. And you just need to get your body to start wanting to do it more. For example, I'm trying to work my way back up to doing yoga maybe like three times a week and minimum like 30 minutes each, right? I'm finding that if I have a desire to do yoga, I just basically seize the moment of that desire. Like if I'm in my room and I'm like, oh my God, I really need to stretch, I will just grab my yoga mat, open up my laptop and turn on a yoga session and just do it. Even if it's like 10 minutes, 20 minutes, whatever it is, I get it done. Or if someone invites me to yoga class, I will try my best to just go for it. Like I will, I try to get myself to commit by paying for it. And that way I already have like kind of committed to some degree and just kind of anytime that I feel like I am inclined to do it, I'll take this step forward. And for example, with meditation, my ideal habit is to be practicing twice a day for 20 minutes each. And right now it's not really happening that frequently. So if it means that I only get in one session and it's in the middle of the day, then so be it. I'll take that as a win. If it is only like five minutes, then I'll do it like maybe three times a day. And I'm, you know, just like different ways of whenever I'm feeling like I need it and I'll start it and I I'm, I get a little bit. Basically, the goal is to try to like build up that habit so that my body starts to crave it more. And once I'm craving it more, I can get back into a more regulated schedule. I hope that made sense and I hope that was helpful. Second question, what do you emphasize in your dental health? I have a quirky affinity for good oral hygiene. <laughs> Very cute. I also like good oral hygiene. I mean, who doesn't, right? No one likes bad breath. No one likes smelling it or having it. When it comes to dental health, there's a couple of things. I have sensitive teeth, so I have like a receding gum line. I've been told it could be hereditary. It could be just like I run a little bit more anxious and stressed, so maybe I clench my teeth a lot. Whatever it is, I have a receding gum line. I use an electric toothbrush. It started kind of because of the recessions. My dentist had recommend using an electric toothbrush. And I love it. And I still always, whenever I can, use it because I find that if I'm ever using just like a regular toothbrush, I always will go into brushing too hard or I feel like it doesn't get clean enough. And the electric toothbrush will get your teeth to a nice level of clean without you having to be the person controlling the like pressure. And it gets your teeth pretty clean. I also like to use toothpaste that is good for sensitive teeth. Now, there was a time when those types of toothpastes didn't feel minty enough, and I was really into using, like, Crest, you know, the ones with those little, like, um, with those, like, little granules, and it felt like your breath was getting really fresh and everything was getting really clean. But because of my gum recession, the little beads are something I've heard that I should not be using. So I've gone back to using toothpaste that's good for sensitive teeth. Right now I'm on Sensodyne, and that has helped a lot because it freshens my breath, but it's also treating my sensitive teeth. The other thing that has been a huge game changer is having a tongue scraper. Think about it. You have a toothbrush to help clean your teeth, but the other part in your mouth where food can cling to a lot is your tongue because of all of your little taste buds, like, you know, it grips onto things. So I use a tongue scraper both in the morning and in the evening, and I find that doing it twice a day really helps because even though you wake up in the morning, you're like, well, there's no, like, I didn't have any food. Yeah, but stuff can still build up on your tongue overnight. So let me review that. Okay, what do I emphasize in my dental health? Using an electric toothbrush, using a toothpaste for sensitive teeth, and using a tongue scraper. 
third question, how do you calm yourself before sleep or when having trouble falling asleep? Oh, I wish I had figured this out by now, but I'm still struggling with my sleep. I always do. The thing that I'm practicing right now in terms of how to get myself to fall asleep, number one thing is light. So currently in my bedroom, I have lights that are like kind of like really bright from overhead. And if I use those lights and I leave them on all the way until I go to sleep, I'm like in this like super bright room and I feel like I'm kind of in an amped up state. So what I try to do is like about an hour before bed, I'll turn off those lights and turn on softer lights. I've done a little bit of reading about red light therapy and I know that there's like more technicalities in like getting the certain right type of light bulb and all of that. I just got some like night lights that are that kind of have like red light bulbs in them and I also got this little lamp on Amazon that like projects kind of like a sunset light view. I really like it and I find that just turning that on and turning all of the overhead lights off really helps to set a calm vibe about an hour before bed and, and it kind of just readies you for sleep. The other thing is if you are already in bed and you already have like, you know, if I have my eye mask on and I'm already ready to go to sleep, but I can't and it's been like, a, you know, 30 minutes, then I'll turn on a sleep meditation. Sometimes it works for me. Sometimes it doesn't. The last few times that I have used it, I have found that I will turn it on. And then when I open my eyes the next time, it's like already the next day and my app is still open. So it means it worked. I fell asleep. <laughs> open app was one that's like a really favorite. That is a real favorite of mine at the moment. Next question. How are you liking Elix? Have you noticed any positive changes yet? Elix is great. One of my favorite things about Elix is that it gets me into the habit of doing something for my period health doing something for my overall female health. And there is a ritual about it that, for me at least, helps me improve my sense of well-being. But I will say the first couple of months, I was a little skeptical. And that's because my period got kind of irregular. But I had a meeting with one of their like health consultants. And I actually also saw other women on um, online who had shared their experiences that were similar, which is that the first couple of months, you might have some irregular experiences. And that's because your body's like adjusting to the formula. So I'm trying it out. I'm still kind of in the adjustment period. But I will say that like a couple months in now, it's getting better. And the biggest positive change that I've seen so far has been more mental than physical, just because I feel like it's good for me to do something for my body. In terms of the physical, let me get back to you in a couple of months. I don't know about you, but it feels like a lot of my friends are now getting on that baby train. If you have a friend who is also expecting or have little ones still in diapers, I always recommend Pampers Swathers. With Pampers Swathers, you can also rest assured that this diaper will prevent up to 100% of leaks, even blowouts. Swathers has dual leak guard barriers at the legs to help protect where leaks happen most. And they have a blowout barrier, which is an innovative back pocket built into the diaper to help prevent those messy leaks up the back. Did you know that on average, babies will use up to 8,000 plus diapers before becoming potty trained? That is a lot. That's why Pampers Diaper Stash is the hottest baby gift for 2024. So give a gift to a loved one that says, we see you and we've got you. Pampers Diaper Stash is an online diaper fund that all parents with little ones will love. You can organize friends and family to contribute to a group gift of an online stockpile that never has to run out. Pampers Diaper Stash is great because it takes the guesswork out of choosing what size and how many diapers to gift. It's so easy to do, and it's the gift that always fits.
Number five, do your parents pressure or expect you to get married? How do you manage or handle it? So my parents are usually very supportive and gentle and open, and um, I sometimes have to be the one that kind of probes them. So last month, I straight up, like, asked my dad, like, Dad, would you be sad if I didn't get married? And he was like, no, what do you mean? You know, uh, I've learned, I've learned, though, that they'll say, take your time, do whatever's right for you, or like, no, I don't mind. But they, I think they really care. Of course they care. And for whatever reason, I take that. I still feel, I, I guess the short answer of your question is they don't directly pressure me, but indirectly I feel pressure from them because I know that they'll be happier if I have a partner. They don't, no one wants their child to like not have a person, right? But I think the way that I manage or handle it is uh, I try to talk to them about it. And part of that is having conversations with them helps me better understand and reinforce for me that they really are okay with me making whatever decision that I want. It makes me feel supported. And also it helps me better understand where they're coming from. So yeah, I hope that answered the question. Next question, are you following any nutrition tips for fertility during the season of your life? So not strictly, but I will say that some of the habits and learnings that I got from my egg freezing season like last year, I still do and just out of habit. For example, a lot of what we focused on during the egg freezing process was amping my antioxidants, which is like blueberries, um, berries in general, green tea, all of that. And I still do that. And I find that I just, I don't know, I guess I develop a taste for those things. And I think antioxidants help with like free radicals and managing stress in the body. I'm not a scientist, so that's not formal advice. But yeah, foods and drinks high in antioxidants, I've just been continuing to do. And, you know, a lot of what they focus on when you're going through any type of fertility thing is stress management. And so I think when it comes to the food, it's stuff that will help with stress management. So antioxidants. Did that make any sense? Okay. <laughs> I eat a lot of berries. I still eat a lot of berries. Okay. Are you resuming your IVF process? I want to start by clarifying that I was not doing IVF per se. I was freezing my eggs. And that means that I wasn't trying to have a kid. Last year, I was trying to preserve my option to have a kid later in life. If I, you know, lose the ability to conceive at the time that I decide that I do want a kid. The short answer of that at the moment is it's on pause and I'm, no, I don't have any plans to resume freezing any more eggs. I have come to peace with the fact that I went through that process. I got as many eggs as I did and um, I will be happy if those turn into one kid, two kids, no kids, we'll see. So no, I'm not resuming the egg freezing process at the moment. Next question, have you considered an arranged marriage? I really hope you will find someone soon. This is very sweet. Um, I have mixed feelings about wanting to find someone soon. I don't know. I feel like um, I'm probably still going through a bit of like the grieving process and I'm not really ready to go into the dating world yet. But to your question about arranged marriage, sometimes I do think it might be easier if someone just told me who I should make it work with and try to make it work. Actually, you know what? I'm going to change my answer. <laughs> so there was a time when I would have said that I actually really see how arranged marriages could be a great option because it takes part of the it takes one part of the partnership process out of it, like out of my hands, meaning just deciding who it is. Like if I already know I have to make it work with this person, I probably will go through any lengths to make it work with that person. 
But since I have been in a relationship where I learned what it was like to try to make it work with someone who just at the core, we didn't feel like we were that compatible or we just kind of just came to that result. I have to change my answer and say that I I think the ability to choose my partner, for me at least, is really important. And that is, yeah, I don't know. I guess that's something I learned from my last relationship is that it's not just about trying to make it work with anyone. It is trying to make it work with the right person. The next question, do you stalk your ex on social media? Um, yeah, I do. <laughs> Does someone not? I don't know. It's hard to not, right? But I think it kind of helps that he's not that active on social media. And he, yeah, it helps that he's not that active. But we're still friends. I still watch his stories. He watches my stories, I think. Actually, I don't even know. I mean, we've been in contact. Like, I still have to go and, like, pick up stuff or kind of logistical things that we've done. But um, I will say it helps a lot that he's not active on social media. I think that if he posted a lot, it would be harder for me. And now we have arrived at our last question. The question is, what are you most proud of living well in 2023? I'm not sure if this question is asking directly about my mini show of living well or my life living well in 2023, but I guess I'll answer it with something that applies to both. I think because this mini show is so much about my life, I would say that I'm most proud of making it to the end of the year with living well. This mini show has been on a journey and you've all been on it with me. Uh, to be honest, I I still feel like sometimes I'm trying to figure out like a flow or certain processes. And so it's, you know, this part of starting like a show can be really exciting and really inspiring, but also really um, kind of stressful. So I'm just really, really proud that I made it to the last episode. I'm proud of this moment I'm proud of this moment, and thank you for listening and allowing me to to make it to this moment. That is a wrap for Living Well with Janet for 2023. Yay! As I clap by myself in the studio, by myself in the dark because everyone's gone home. Um, I am so proud of myself and of us. Thank you so much for tuning in and for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a happy face emoji in the comments of the Instagram post. And if you submitted a question and I didn't get to it, I'm sorry, but also thank you so much. Thank you for submitting. And I will definitely be doing more Q&A shows. So keep an eye out and I'll draw out more questions. I tried to take a good sampling of of um, the ones that were submitted. Also, if there are certain topics that you want to hear me cover, please either leave a comment on this episode on Spotify, because you can do that now. On If you are on Spotify, there's a place that you can leave comments or on the post on Instagram, or you can DM me on Instagram. One more announcement before we close out this episode. If you follow me on Instagram or if you are active in our Discord channel, you will already know that I am going to be traveling in 2024 and that I want to plan a trip with you all and travel with you all. So if you are interested in traveling with me next year in 2024, please go to my Instagram. I've saved um, a highlight. It's called Let's Travel, and I share all of the details in there, but I'm working with Trova Trip to plan a trip. I would love if you all would come with me. So check it out there. That wraps the last episode. 
Once again, this is your host, Janet. I can also be found on Asian Boss Girl, the podcast for the modern-day Asian-American woman with my good friends, Helen and Mel, who are also hosting their own shows, which you can catch on the same feed, new episodes every Tuesday. You can follow ABG on Instagram at Asian Boss Girl and me, Janet, at Janet W. That's Janet, the word double, and the letter U. And with that, I will catch you all next year. Bye!